FedEx Forum, Growl Towels, Super Grizz, each one a Memphis Grizzlies tradition. This is the Grizzlies Podcast. What's up, everybody? We are back with another episode of the Grizzlies Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Barnes. We are here as usual with to Michael Cole, the Grizzlies beat writer at the Commercial Appeal. Um, as we are recording this, the Grizzlies are enjoying an 11-game win streak, tying the franchise record they set almost a year ago, exactly in January 2022. And now they are about to embark on a pivotal five-game road trip. And actually, somebody else is about to embark on a five-game road trip because DeMichael is joining us. Um, He will be on the road trip as well, giving us great coverage from uh, the Grizzlies and what's going on live and direct. Um, DeMichael, I know you're at the airport right now as we record this, so let's get into it. This road trip, starting with the Lakers on Friday, is going to be a fun, fun showcase. But uh, what are your early thoughts just kind of on what people should, you know, look for on this road trip besides obviously um if this win streak can continue or we'll be you know still intact by the weekend yeah we we need to see you know just how how much of a test this is going to be you know uh we we looked at that last road trip right they went one and three a losses to oklahoma city denver golden state looking back on it now golden state and denver were are still, you know, two of the best teams in the NBA on their home floors. And then, you know, the Oklahoma City loss kind of started it off. So that was a pretty tough stretch. But this one's going to be even tougher, right? Four of these teams uh, are at least four games over 500 when playing on their home floors. But the main thing I want to see is is the continuity, right? Uh, You have your starting five in place. Uh, you have pretty much your primary five guys who are factored into the 10-man rotation off the bench. Just seeing these guys continue to play together and, you know, continue to see them play play together and play at their, their best basketball together, right? We saw this Cleveland Cavaliers game. I think there was kind of doses of each, you know, the starters having really good moments, right? You know, Dylan Brooks getting the block at the end, Jaron Jackson Jr. getting the block on the possession before that, and I think he finished the game with four or five blocks too. And Steven Adams... Offensive rebound put back, one of the best offensive rebounders in the game, Jobby and John Morant. And then, of course, Desmond Bain knocking down three three-pointers in the fourth quarter. So all these guys kind of, you know, being, you know, playing, playing well, you know, in their roles. And then the bench kind of chipping in as well. I think Tyus Jones has finally – he has a positive net rating now. And, you know, early in the season we were talking about how the bench kind of was a negative. And I think the reason uh, Tyus Jones has a positive net right now is more because, you know, over the course of time, for one, he's played some minutes in the starting lineup. But two, uh, the bench has gotten guys back and, and they've got, you know, Zaire Williams, uh, Brandon Clark, Santi Aldama has been, you know, a great scoring addition to the bench and just things are rounded into form. So now that things are rounded into form, you know, there are no excuses. You know, that first road trip when the Grizzlies went one and three, you can say, oh, the first two games, the Grizzlies didn't have you know, Desmond Bain, and then on the last two games when they did have him, you know, he um, wasn't quite 100% just yet, and, and you know, other players were out as well. John Conchar was going through a big struggle, you know, at that point. And, I mean, you can you can make those excuses, but right now everyone's healthy, healthy enough to play. Uh, there should be no excuses. This is a chance to kind of uh, stake your claim as being that top-tier elite Western Conference team. 
I like how you said that to Michael. No excuses this time around. And I think that kind of speaks to this this winning streak in a way. Like now it was fun last year when everybody was caught off guard by the Grizzlies. There was this fun story. Had never won this many games in a row. They've done it now. You know, we were in the locker room yesterday. Guys were basically, you know, expecting to win or talking about how this was old hat. And it wasn't, you know, they were enjoying it, of course, but it wasn't the, you know, the newness. It was more like, let's execute, let's get down to business. And I think that's kind of the way they have to approach this now because they are not a surprise anymore. They've been the top two seed in the Western Conference. Now they need to take steps to show it when it counts. And I think also this road trip, is going to be crucial because let's let's face it if you look around the NBA standings one thing that stands out this year is not a lot of teams have played well on the road like as we record this the Grizzlies and Nuggets are both 500 in the west on the road so are the Sacramento Kings everybody else is below 500 um and so it's going to be really important to see kind of what can the Grizzlies do on the road again to show that they really are a team to be reckoned with. I mean, I know Denver has one of, I believe Denver has the longest home streak in the Western Conference right now. They're currently uh, first ahead of the Grizzlies. But to me, great teams win on the road. Great teams take care of business away from home. You know, the, the Grizzlies always talk about that, you know, walking a trap, take over your trap philosophy that they, you know, carried now for the last two years, uh, three, three seasons really. And you got to show it, especially when you're facing teams that all of them, are either contenders or names that you need to take care of business on. Obviously, the Lakers on Friday are not, you know, a playoff. You know, if the, if the playoffs started right now, they would be out of the playoffs. But it's still L.A. It's still facing LeBron James. It's still a marquee game on ESPN that you really want to try to, you know, show a national audience why you've been rolling these last 11 games. So I think it's going to be important to see kind of what statement they make um, and then looking ahead, obviously, you got the Suns on Sat on Sunday at Sacramento. Monday, we know they're probably the biggest surprise of the year, and they're gonna, that crowd is going to be really ramped up, you know, light the beam and everything. And then obviously Wednesday at Golden State, the rematch. We could probably talk a little bit more about that. But but these are all games that I think are important for the Grizzlies to say, hey, show us what you got now. You've, you've had fun at home. You've taken care of business against teams you should. Now what can you do? Um, away from home. And so I'm really looking forward to see kind of how they make a statement, even if they don't win every game. I just want to see how they look. Are they going to be as, you know, competitive in every game? If they get blown out or or, or come up with a lackluster showing like they did against Golden State on Christmas, um, what is how are they going to find ways to bounce back? I, I think it's going to be really important to set a tone on Friday on ESPN in LA. Once you get that done, then you see how it carries over. So DeMichael, I want to ask you this. Of these five games, all of them are important. Um, obviously, that Golden State game stands out a lot. Um, tell us about why you think, why is that game, why should everyone be so excited about that game besides the rivalry? And also, tell us more about some of these games, why you think they're going to be critical as far as just, you know, what each team kind of represents for this, uh, this Grizzlies team. Yeah, well, starting with the Lakers, right? You mentioned they're having, you know, a mediocre season up to this point, 20 and 25 record. But NBA is about trends, right? You know, you you look at the Boston Celtics at this point last season, and they weren't world beaters. It wasn't until, you know, around this point when the season turned around for them. So uh, with that being said, uh, the Lakers are 6-4 and four in their last, 
you know, in their last 10 games. So uh, they are trending, you know, kind of, you know, in an upward direction. And they have LeBron James. They have LeBron James. And of the, you know, five teams that they'll be playing on this road trip, the Grizzlies will be playing on this road trip, uh, the Lakers have the worst home record. So this is a chance. I mean, when LeBron James is playing, there's a lot of eyeballs playing. And, I mean, there's a lot of eyeballs on the TV and, like you said, nationally televised game, ESPN. Uh, this is one of those chances that the Grizzlies can kind of show, you know, nationally. Like, we we know what some general kind of stereotypes are uh, with the Grizzlies, and, and some of them for better and some of them for worse. And I think things like, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr.'s foul trouble, for example, right? You play this game. Uh, this is a good chance for Jaron to actually prove, you know what, I've gotten better with my fouls. I'm averaging a career low in fouls. But from the national audience perspective, Evan, uh, when they last watched him pretty much, you know, these last time, couple times they watched him, he's had five fouls. He had mm-hmm. five fouls, you know, in this game against, you know, the Cavaliers. And then he had five fouls on ESPN against Golden State. So from a national perspective, it's like, man, every time we see this guy, he's in foul trouble. Right. But in Memphis – it's like, shoot, those two games are actually the last two times he was in foul <laughs> trouble. So it's like, you know, you have a chance to kind of, you know, rewrite some of those narratives, right? John Morant shooting from three. You know, Desmond Bain, you know, a lot of people don't know about how how he attacks the basket, how fast he is with the basketball, how aggressive he is, you know, attacking the basket. Jaron Jackson Jr. being a more polished offensive player uh, this season. Steven Adams as a passer. Tyus Jones as a shooter. You know, all these things. Are, are big when you when you go on the road and you have a chance, you know, against these, you know, audiences, when you play the Lakers, when you play Golden State, you know, these national televised games, uh, you have a chance to really kind of show people. And even I think, you know, on the back end, uh, we'll talk about it next week, that Timberwolves game is also going to be one that's on NBA TV. The Kings game is on NBA TV. So basically every game on this road trip, except the Suns game, uh, you'll have – there will be more than just your local audience uh, tuning in. You know, I think the Suns game is is going to be uh, Bally Sports Arizona and Bally Sports here, you know, Southeast uh, with Pete Pranica and Brevin Knight and Rob Fisher in the crew. <laughs> so uh, with that being said, uh, the other four games will bring on even bigger audiences, which allows for, you know, some of those stereotypes to kind of be challenged, right? You know, there are these perceived notions that, oh, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. with the foul trouble, John Morant, you know, with the three-point shoot, even the personality uh, traits, right? Oh, the Grizzlies talk trash and they can't back it up. Well, you know what? You're about to go to five different places. Here's a great chance to back it up. Absolutely, absolutely. So I think, yeah, it's important for the Grizzlies to kind of change some of the narratives and kind of show really what we've all seen. Like, the heads know that Jaron Jackson is not fouled as much as he's done in past years, but you got to show him on national television. You got to do it in games that an audience can see you and not be confused at all by that. So I think that's absolutely a great observation you made there, Michael. Um, I think what what's, what interests me is, you know, all these games are going to be, um, like you said, they're all gonna, most of the games are going to be on TV. It's a fun challenge. I, I really want to see kind of how they, what they do in Phoenix. Because remember, the last time they were in Phoenix, I believe, that was the game where they just completely blew the doors off the Suns, if I'm not mistaken. and Everything was, they were riding high. They were talking that talk, yada, yada, yada. And then Golden State promptly, you know, put that boot in their butts on Christmas Day and became the Grinch. So I want to see kind of how they, um, you know, 
face the Suns again? Because clearly they said after that Monday game, that Monday went over Phoenix, they really wanted to beat that team. They really wanted to make a statement that, you know, you know, Taylor Jenkins used the word being punked. You know, they really had to make a statement they didn't want to be punked. You know, how they responded to them being punked. So I think that game in Phoenix, um, I'm really looking to see kind of how they respond to that. Um, obviously, you know, the Golden State series speaks for itself. The rematch, Draymond Green's been talking. You know, Draymond Green a couple of weeks ago was saying, you know, Ja, you're fine in the West. The Grizzlies, I don't know about. So I think it's going to be really key for the Grizzlies to make a make a statement at Chase Center that, hey, if you want to make a statement against the defending champions, this is where you do it because the next two games are in Memphis. And while those games are important and we must watch, you make a bigger statement going to Chase Center and, you know, getting a win up there. Um, obviously, again, you know, that Lakers game, we talked about that. I, I think if you're the Grizzlies, with those two ESPN dates, those are games you have to come out and make a statement for the national crowd. Like, there's an analogy I've always heard for like football, right? If you're a quarterback, don't play bad in a nationally televised game because that's what everyone's going to remember about you. And if you're the Grizzlies, same thing. Yes, you're this great story. Yes, you got a lot going on. You got to play well in those games where there's a national audience because that's when people will notice you. And granted, that happened on Monday when they beat the Suns and they blew the doors off them. That got a lot of good attention, a lot of goodwill, a lot of national, few national media were in town um, for that game. So same thing on Friday. If you can make another statement on national television, that will help you go a long way. So let's move on to something else, uh, DeMichael. You brought this up, and I think it's really interesting because I was thinking about this uh the other day talking to somebody. So you report, or Taylor Jenkins told you all that Danny Green is now, uh, I believe you said he's now playing five on five, right? Yep, five on five. Yeah, so that means he is getting closer. And, you know, Danny Green did say on ESPN that, you know, he expects to be back before the All-Star break. And it sounds like things are trending in that direction. So, I want to ask you this to Michael. Obviously, Danny Green's name has been discussed in potential trade talks. Obviously, his impact on the team has also been discussed in terms of what he can bring as a um, potential shooter off the bench or veteran player who's got championship experience. I know the trade deadline is still coming is coming up soon, but what are some of the things you're hearing about Danny Green? What do you know? What do you think about some of the chatter? Like, should the Grizzlies? Make a move to the Grizzlies, keep him. What do you what do you think? Obviously, it's too soon because we we haven't seen Danny Green yet, but just what do you make of all this chatter around Danny Green as it seems to be getting closer and closer to his return? Yeah, so I, I think Evan, you can say I've probably been one of the main people, you know, saying that Danny Green can be used here in Memphis. You don't, you know, everyone's just throwing his name in in, in trades and things like that. And and I get it. You know, you you want some new flashy, shiny little toy. But at the end of the day, Danny Green has been here since. Well, we saw Danny Green in Las Vegas, right? He was out there at Summer League. He's been around the team. People saw when he was doing the ESPN stuff, they were always oh, he committed to the team. And, you know, I had the conversation with him when he before he made the decision to uh you know, do the, the segments with ESPN. And he basically says, you know, he loves being in Memphis. He appreciates the time here and he's enjoying it. So uh, I think Danny Green wants to be a part of this. And that's more important than anything. Danny Green wants to be in Memphis. He's enjoying Memphis. And when you talk about the basketball side of things, Evan, they can use this guy. 
I mean, uh, John Conchar is who I think, you know, he'd probably be battling in the rotation with. Right now, you have Tyus Jones. I think that's spot solidified, right? Backup point guard. Then you got Zaire Williams. Then you got Santi Aldama, who's just offensively just playing out of his mind right now. And then you have Brandon Clark, who is just instant offense. So I think four of those spots are pretty solidified. John Conchar, uh, he's been, you know, up and down. You get you get great minutes from him. Then you get minutes that are, you know, pretty, I guess, you know, he has, he has quiet spells. But with Danny Green, here's the thing. People like to say, oh, uh, John Conchar isn't shooting enough. You're not going to have to worry about that with Danny Green. This is a guy last season who started less than half the season and still averaged over four three-point attempts per game. And we're not talking about, you know, on some 34 35% shooting. This guy shot 39.9, basically 40% over the course of his career. And Evan, he's made more than 1,500 threes in his career. If he played in Memphis that entire time, that'd be a Grizzlies fan franchise <laughs> record. So uh, this is a – I think it's a big, big addition – if you want to talk about the downside, I will say this, because the only downside to me is you have to wonder what's going to happen defensively, right? This is an older guy who, you know, suffered a torn ACL injury and older in NBA terms. But, uh, you know, he suffered an ACL injury. And when you suffer an ACL injury, you know, at the age of 35, people are going to wonder, can he move the same way laterally? Danny Green's lateral movement is what made him, a, you know, a championship defender on, you know, on those three different teams, I think he won, you know, championships with. So uh, with that being said, you know, that's that's the big question, right? Can uh, Danny Green, you know, still play defense at the same uh, level that he was pre-ACL injury? The Grizzlies are monitoring his movements really closely. And if he's playing that type of defense, you're going to get to shoot him. Then that's a rotation guy. You put his shooting with Tyus Jones' shooting, with Santi Aldama's shooting, with Brandon Clark's ability to roll to the rim and Zaire Williams getting out in transition, that second unit, I mean, oh, my goodness. <laughs> you already sound more excited. Than, you sound as excited as the fans are, and that should be the case because the possibilities are endless. Danny Green is a tantalizing idea because right now we haven't seen what he is. The idea of Danny Green is absolutely intriguing. Um, I thought you made a good point when you mentioned, you know, Danny Green's uh, defense and shooting. Like, I'm already, let's just be honest. After the injury Danny Green had, I believe ACL and, if I'm not mistaken, also torn MCL too, uh, you can probably just go ahead and assume defensively he is not going to be the same player. I just, you know, as an older player, it's just not going to, um, it's not going to be that way. But what he can bring is what the Grizzlies, excuse me, not ACL until the ACL and LCL. I apologize. That's what we have here. ACL and LCL that were torn. Um, but what Danny Green can bring you is not just shooting, but veteran leadership. Like I've one of the things that I've been very clear on with the Grizzlies, even before when I was the beat writer, is I'd like to see somebody be a veteran on this team that can kind of that everyone can listen to and kind of learn from when it gets into these postseason games because. It's all fun. The Grizzlies are a young, fun, high-flying team, but there's a reason why young teams typically struggle and don't go, go far in the playoffs because you need that veteran who kind of knows what can be done, who's steady, who can do his job, and it gives you that, like, you know, that that uh, stability a little bit. And so I think that's what I really want to see with Danny Green mostly is what will he bring as a veteran leader who's been through the playoff wars, who's won championships, who – 
you know, was so close to being a finals MVP in, I believe, 2013 before LeBron and them and the Miami Heat had other plans. Um, that's what I want to see. So I think that's what ten, that's what excites me the most is the veteran leadership this team could use to kind of just have everyone settle down when the games get heat. Like if you're in, you know, a hostile chase center or if you're in a hostile arena in Denver or, you know, whoever could be a, a possible, you know, second round or first round matchup, that veteran who kind of can sell everybody down a little bit, you know, and keep everybody on track. That's what I'm looking forward to seeing with Danny Green the most. Um, I also think this, you remember two seasons ago when the Grizzlies acquired or the Grizzlies were waiting on Justice Winslow. Um, they acquired him in 2020. Yep. And obviously we didn't get to see Justice Winslow because the day he was supposed to come back in 2020 or the, the day after the day, the day he was not on the injury list was March 11, 2020, which was when the NBA shut down. So in 2021, there was all this talk about Justice Winslow being the midseason acquisition because they're waiting for him to get healthy. And that basically was the card that the Grizzlies were hoping to play. I see the same thing with Danny Green, where it's like, I don't know if the Grizzlies, if the Grizzlies are going to make a trade, maybe they could see what's out there, or they could say, hey, you've got your midseason acquisition already in Danny Green, roll with that. And I think that could be an option too, because clearly, you know, if you got Danny Green, you at least want to see what you can get from him. Like it's a, it's no cost to basically give him a trial for this season, you know, for however many games he gets. And then see and then see what happens next. So I think that's kind of the play the Grizzlies might be trying to do is maybe Danny Green is the midseason acquisition they already have. And then when he gets healthy, boom, you throw him out there. Now you mentioned who he could kind of replace in the lineup. I, I see him absolutely filling that contrary role, maybe. Like I think that's where you politely say to contrary, you know, we'll stay ready if we need you. But I think Danny Green fills that John Contrar spot because clearly he can shoot, he can do what he can. But obviously, you want to see what he can do laterally and moving wise because I can again, Danny Reason, you know, older player coming off a, a bad knee injury. You know, you're going to have to be very careful. We know the Grizzlies are very cautious with injuries and bringing players back, too. But I would see Danny Green sliding right into that contract spot if it all goes well. And then in the playoffs, boom, Danny Green becomes that guy in that rotation who's your sniper off the bench. So I think Danny Green re represents, you know, another like, back pocket story for this run this this winning streak is like as the Grizzlies are winning should they shake up their rotation should they do anything to really mess up what what's here or do they try to you know ride it out as they've done previously and just say let's see what happens and I think it's worked because obviously the last two years they've been in the playoffs but I also think you know if the right offer comes around maybe you take a listen and see what's out there but also if you don't you basically have Danny Green as your as like a trade chip. I mean, a, a, a midseason acquisition that's right there, waiting for him, waiting for to get healthy and get cleared, and who knows what happens. So, I, I think there's a lot that could happen with that. And I think to me, as we get close to the All Star break, those are probably the two things that I'm looking at too most is what's going to happen with Danny Green, and how will the Grizzlies keep this thing rolling? But the good news yeah. is, you're on the West right now. Oh, did you want to jump in on that, DeMichael? Sorry. Go ahead. No, yeah, I mean, pretty, pretty much, yeah, you, you you hit on it with Danny Green. I think another, you know, nice treat to having him is, you know, you have, a I think, a better guy who's adept at filling into the starting lineup when, you know, you have an injury on the wing. You know, if, if Desmond Bain misses a game or if Dylan Brooks misses a game, I think, you know, that he is kind of another player who complementary style, his, his basketball can kind of complement Ja. 
with his ability to space the floor as a shooter and things like that. So uh, I think, you know, he's a he's one, he's one of the guys that I think, you know, they'll want to keep around. And you just look at the actions, right? Actions speak louder than words. He's everywhere with the team. He's not just, you know, half in right now. He is all the way in. And more than anything, he has the players' respect. This is a young team. You know, pretty much most of these guys are all under 30. And you got this guy, and they when they speak of Danny Green, they always say, hey, he's a three-time champ. So his word, you know, carries weight just because, you know, he's the champion and he's been there and done that, and the players respect that, and they really value that, and they're probably going to lean on it when the postseason gets here if he's still on the team. Well, that's interesting. You said, you know, now that you bring it up, like, do you do you think that they would, you know, use him as an emergency starter? I mean, granted, they've been able to, you know, kind of ride out, but do you think that that could be a possibility? Again, somebody who is, you know, coming off this injury, who is, you know, in his mid thirties. Like, do you think that would could that be a serious possibility? I mean, you just look at the options, right? Uh, you, we've seen John Carter has been the fill-in guy, you know, when you know Desmond Bain or Dylan Brooks weren't in the lineup. And we just, you know, kind of mentioned how Danny Green kind of will probably have to leg up over John Conjar. And for one, he, he started, you know, 10 plus seasons, you know, in the NBA. So I think when you factor those things in after he gets a few games under his belt, you know, minus minutes restriction stuff. Uh, yeah, I think he's going to be in, you know, hopefully it's never for like a prolonged period of time. But as we've seen throughout the season, the, the Grizzlies are being more careful. You know, when guys have a little soreness creep up here and there, they're being careful with making sure these guys, you know, are are good for the long haul. And I, I think it's just it's a bonus to have a guy like Danny Green to step in the starting lineup who you can say, you know, it's I mean, even last season, he started, you know, 20 plus games last season and then nine, 10 plus years before that, he was starting every single game. So this is a guy who, you know, has been pretty much a starter, a regular starter for the majority of his career. Yeah, no, I think it's interesting. I mean, I, I didn't even think about that because honestly, it all depends on how healthy um, Danny is and how much he can contribute. Because obviously, you know, that's a lot. That's a big ask for somebody who comes off a major knee injury to all of a sudden, like, you know, be a potential, you know, start, you know, starter feeling if necessary. But if all goes well, that's a high op- level optimism that the Grizzlies have. So I think it, the options, again, the possibilities are endless with Danny Green if he can show what he can show. Now, maybe I'm a little bit more cautious because ACL, LCL injuries are no joke. And we're talking about somebody who's 35 years old as a, as the resident 30 year old on this podcast, I can tell you that I'm a little bit worried because I know what that's probably going to be like, <laughs> but I also think too, that it will be very interesting to see kind of how Danny green fits in. Cause again, like you said, if all goes well and he's ready to go, the Grizzlies got somebody who can be that shooter, another shooter who can play his role be a steady presence on the court, keep the chemistry going. Um, and ultimately, if it goes along better than the Justice Winslow experiment, the Grizzlies will take that and ride it out a little bit more. So definitely a lot to keep their yeah. eye on. And also, like you mentioned, the road trip to Michael, you will be there. I'm excited to see what you're going to come up with story-wise out there on the road. So make sure you tune in to commercialappeal.com because the Michael will have plenty of stories, not just game coverage, but a lot of stuff that um, – you can only get the commercial bill because you're going to be out there. So take full advantage of that. Uh, DeMichael, anything else you want to say before we wrap up? 
Hey, Evan, I'll just echo your point. Uh, we'll have a lot of exclusive coverage over the over the course of this uh, road trip. So just stay tuned for that as well. And, you know, just stay tuned to, to all of our, our coverage at commercialappeal.com. Uh, you got all-star thing coming up as well. Taylor Jenkins possibly being a coach. Uh, ja and everything else in between that. Also, our all-star voting will be finalized um, at the end of this week. So on the next podcast, I'll kind of reveal, you know, some of – uh, what I did in my voting as well. Ooh, so see, stay tuned for next week because all-star voting, I believe they announced the starters will be announced next Thursday, but definitely we want to hear what, we want to hear what DeMichael has to say about his ballot because I think it's going to be real cool. Stay tuned for next week. We will be back, but until then, for DeMichael, I'm Evan. Enjoy the Grizzlies and uh, we'll see y'all soon. The Grizzlies Podcast is a production of The Commercial Appeal.